We have a friend of the family who owns an excavation company, uh, an excavation company in the hill country, mind you. And so he's got a lot of experience with uh, rocks and dirt and uh, hills and, and moving anything that needs to be moved uh, with heavy machinery. And he would joke with us uh, on occasion and say, you know, I, I, my biggest fear in life is that one day I'm going to be in the middle of a job and all of a sudden find myself at the pearly gates. And Peter's going to be just about ready to welcome me in, welcome me into the pearly gates. And then he tells me, but wait a minute, the boss wants to talk to you. And that God would come to those gates and say, now look, son, I spent, spent my time putting the hills and the rocks and the dirt where I wanted it to be. And you spent all your time moving it. Here's the good news. The Lord of Lords, the King of creation, the one who has made you and I in his image, the one who has made the world and everything in it, everything seen and unseen, everything beyond this world, that God has been willing to show us his way. That God has been willing to show us the way to live life in an abundant way, in a blessed way. Right? That God has been willing to say, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus and see my way. Follow his way and you follow my way. And sisters and brothers, here's the good news. There's so many times when we think about our lives, when we think about the things that we've come through, we think about the things that we've learned, we think about the things that we've overcome, we can see that there are plenty of times when we have been able to live in that way faithfully, when we've been able to serve in that way faithfully, when we, we've been able to live in the way of God faithfully. Amen? There's plenty of times that God has given us the grace to live in the way faithfully. But I don't know about you, but sometimes I wonder about me. <clears throat> as much as I'm grateful for the times I've been able to live in the way, I'm also kind of worried sometimes I get in the way of God. You know there's a difference, right? Mm-hmm. You can live in the way, but when you're not careful, you can get in the way as well. Now, I'm not saying any names, but that's all I'm saying. I want you to think about what you remember about the book of Acts and remind you that in the book of Acts, we've seen the ministry of Jesus take its new form, right? And that is a surprising form to the the old disciples because now Jesus' new ministry is their ministry. Everything that Jesus used to do, now they're doing. Everything that he taught them, now they're teaching. Everything that he told them to go do that one day it'd be their turn to do, they weren't really listening. It must have been Sunday morning when he told them all these things. Now they're actually doing it. And great things are happening. People are coming to know about the way of God. People are coming to put their faith in God. The Holy Spirit has been poured out in so many ways. You cannot read the book of Acts without being, I hope, surprised and excited and hopeful about what can happen with the people of God when we let the Holy Spirit actually get poured out on us. But then, well, I don't know, 
people are people and life is life. There's a lot of good things going on, a lot of great things that uh, Peter and the other apostles are able to do, a lot of good things that people are seeing, but not everything, not everything is fine. We've seen people uh, get on to each other. We've seen people try to cheat the community of God and that crazy story where they died at the, at the doorstep. Uh, we've seen people try to steal what they've had. We've seen some crazy things. We've seen some arguments. We've seen Peter and the apostles in front of that council. You remember that a few weeks ago where they had to give a, a, a testament to what they were doing. We told you to be quiet and you didn't. And after they were with that council, that council had them flogged, you remember this, and sent out. But yet they still went out and did what God had told them to do. And I'm thinking about the Apostle Peter. If I can see him now in front of that council of people who want to know why you keep doing what you're doing. We told you to stop. I don't think he had ever in his mind that one day he'd have to deal with another council. The church council. <laughs> you know, I can deal with them Roman councils and them uh, Pharisee councils. When we come to church council, uh-oh. Because I don't know if you know a few church folk, but let me tell you something about church folk. Sometimes they love them church councils. I've been to some church council meetings. They're like, where am I? Who are we? Are we, is this, is this our language? Is this what we're supposed to be doing? Is this who we are? Did Christ come for this? And that's kind of where we are when we pick up the story here in the book of Acts. I remind you, Peter's been out doing his thing. And as he's out, he, he experiences this vision, right? Dream, vision. He experiences something that literally rocks his world. Literally changes his total outlook. On life and faith, life and faith with God. And I think you and I need to be able to appreciate and understand that if it's not for this vision, maybe you and I wouldn't be here today. Peter has his vision from heaven, Luke tells us, and he sees something that's a sheet, and he sees these animals that have uh, four legs, and he hears this voice from God that says, get up and, and kill. Now, I, I know for sure. We've learned a lot. And if, if all, some of these men in here would hear that voice, get up and go shoot something to eat, we'd all get up and go, wouldn't we? Amen. Yeah, talk about men's ministry taking off there. Hmm. But when Peter first gets this dream, you heard the story, when he first is told to get up, kill, and eat, he, he, he doesn't want to. Because what he's being asked to do goes against everything important about who he has been his whole life. About everything important about his faith his entire life. His entire life he's been told, you don't do what that voice just told you to do. And so when the voice first comes and tells him to do this, you heard what he said. He says, no, I would never do this. I haven't done this my entire life. And maybe if the dream would have went away, maybe, maybe Peter could have just laughed it off and kind of, what in the world was that? But the dream didn't go away. In fact, it came back two more times. And each time, Peter sees the same thing. And he hears the same voice. And he hears the same command. Get up, kill, eat. 
And after the third time, something else strange happens. Someone approaches Peter and says, you need to come with me because uh, somebody needs to see you. There's a man who, who needs to talk to you. There's someone who is waiting for you. And Peter's been told by the Holy Spirit that, you know what, you need to not complain, not, not, not try to uh, be in control here. I need you just to do what I need you to do. And so Peter, probably uh, weirded out, probably uh, questioning everything right now about his faith after these visions he's seen, he decides to follow the Holy Spirit's guide. He decides not to complain about what's going on. And the Holy Spirit even says not to complain about the people when you get there, which should be a shocker to us, right? I want you to go meet some people. When you first meet them, your first inclination is to complain about them. But I want you to go meet these people. And when you first meet them, the first thing I don't want you to do is the first thing you're used to doing. Didn't God work that way? Works that way quite a bit. And when Peter gets to this house, he realizes that there are people here who want to hear from him. There are people who want to hear what he has to teach. There are people, I think, who are hungry for the message that he has to share. The only problem is he's not one of us. Oh, no. He hasn't joined the membership roles. And all my life I've been told that I can't do this with somebody like you. I've been told I can't even be in your house. And now you want me to waste my breath? The message that God has given to me, you want me to waste it on you? Wait. The Holy Spirit said don't complain. To just do it. So Peter does. Peter does what the Holy Spirit told him to do. And something amazing happens. That man, his family, his whole household believes. They receive some outpouring of the Holy Spirit as well. And Peter finally gets it. He gets the dream. He gets what ministry and what Jesus was truly about. All this time, I've thought that ministry, that Jesus, was for me and people who look like me, talk like me, dress like me, like the same kind of music as me, same to drive the same kind of cars, live in the same kinds of neighborhoods as me. I've thought that I can't waste, waste my breath on anyone outside of that circle of people that look similarly to me. Peter realizes what I hope all of us can realize at some point. It's not about me at all. Have I told you that before? This ain't about you. So get over it. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about what God wants to do through you and with you and me and all of us. But when we're not careful and we try to make this about me, then what happens is we can get in the way. Me gets in the way of God all the time. Because when I put me in front of God, not only am I disregarding one of those Ten Commandments, I'm clouding my vision. 
I'm not seeing the world. I'm not seeing what's going on around me the way God wants me to see it. As long as I keep me in front, I can't see God. I can't see the world truly the way they need to be seen. It's not till I can tell myself, get over me, that I can begin to see God more clearly. Now, you and I, we can read this from the book of Acts. We can see Peter doing these great things. You and I can amen that, man, this whole household of people, they are rejoicing. They have received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, now Peter has to go, and now it's time to go to that church council. Uh-oh. And if you don't think that's a real feeling, let me remind you of the first words. That Luke tells us in chapter 11. Verse 2. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers, that'd be the church folk. You know, the first thing they did is. They criticized him. Shocker, right? After Peter's been doing all of these great things in the name of our Lord, after Peter has seen and participated and worked right alongside the Holy Spirit, after crowds and scores of people have come to know the power of God, now Peter goes to those other church folk, and the first thing they do is criticize him. Why? Why in the world did you go to that man's house? You know they don't look like us, right? You know they're not one of us, right? And I love this, verse 4, if you have your Bibles open. It says, then Peter began to explain it to them step by step. You know, sometimes church folk just need to be told step by step. I don't think he realized it, but Peter was a Methodist. Let me tell you step by step what happened. Let me give you a count step by step of why I went to that man's house. Let me tell you step by step what I saw. Let me tell you step by step what I heard. Let me tell you step by step what happened at that man's house. And so he did. Very similar to how I did with you. We reminded of the story. We reminded of what we heard of what we saw. And then something else amazing happened. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm at verse 15. 16, excuse me. And I remember the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? You know what Peter kind of said there? I got over me. In verse 18, when they heard this, all those church folk who were so quick to criticize, who were so quick to jump on Peter, who were so quick to tell him that what he did was wrong, When they heard this, they were silenced. And they praised God, saying, Well, then God has given even to the Gentiles a repentance that leads to life. 
Don't give up on church folk, y'all. Because the Holy Spirit's still working. Don't give up when church folk get on your nerves. I mean, um, when church folk, um, when church folk criticize you for doing something that you know God has told you to do. Now, here's the problem for us. We, we will affirm and we will thank God and we will say that all are welcomed. We have learned the lessons of the book of Acts. We have seen that the Holy Spirit is for everyone. We have heard, we understand that this message of reconciliation and forgiveness of sins is not just for us. It's for the entire world. But let me ask you a question. If we believe that so much, where are they here? Where's all those people we are sure the message is for? How come they're not sitting right next to us? Well, Pastor John, you can't make nobody do nothing. You can't, you you can only lead the horse to water. They're not horses. They're children of God. Yeah, you can, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. But you can tell them just how good the water is, y'all. Where are they at? If they're not sitting next to you, do you just assume they're sitting next to somebody else in somebody else's church? That's a bad assumption to make, sisters and brothers. And I hope no one here would make that assumption. Now, don't get me wrong. If you decide, if you and I decide that the Holy Spirit has given us power, and we decide that as Easter people, one of the things we do is we serve. What we realize is we're going to be sent to serve people who don't look like us. Trust me, I know. One of my first appointments was to Bandera, Texas. Now, I don't know. You know, we, we call it Bandera. That's fine. But when you say Bandera, you know what you're reminded of? It's the cowboy capital of the world. Look at me. Do I look like a cowboy to any of you? (laughs) But when you follow the call, you're going to be sent to people who may not look like you, who may not talk like you, who may not even like you in the first place. But that's okay. Because if you've gotten yourself out of the way, you know all that really matters is that the Holy Spirit is going to work through you somehow. We've got to get out of the way, sisters and brothers, so that we can actually serve the way God has called us to serve. We've got to stop being so critical. We've got to stop being so judgmental. We've got to stop being so to people. And we've got to go serve them. You know, just like the disciples realized that Jesus' ministry was taking its new form in them, I hope that you and I can see and understand that that new form is still true for us today. That we are the new form of the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. That we are now called to go to teach, to reach, to heal, to serve whomever God puts in our way. And if we are indeed following the way of God, we won't get in the way of God. 
So in your mind, you just think of those people that you see every day. Think of those people you try to avoid. Think of those people that you wish could find somewhere else to go or something else to do. And just think that it may be God sending you to them. So, I think we should pray. Because often, um, often it's hard to follow in the way of God. And if you want your life to um, be uh, after the way of God, the will of God, I want you to uh, pray with me now. Almighty God, we are grateful because you have shown us the way to eternal life, shown us the way to life here today. Thank you for your son, Jesus, that shows us what we need to know about you and about ourselves. Forgive us, God, when we have chosen to follow our own way or the way of someone else rather than your way. But through your mercy and forgiveness, God, make today a new day for our hearts so that we can begin to serve you with joy, with compassion, and with mercy. God, so that we can be ready to go where you send us to serve those people who have been forgotten or pushed away or told they don't belong here. Let this be a place not only where people belong, but where people go get those people who belong here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.